the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 85, In Too Deep. Through alternating sheets of light and shadow, the princess fell. She had her eyes squeezed shut and had rolled into a fetal position. Her arms wrapped around her knees, her body spinning in space, her feet above her head, then her head straight down, then her toes down with her mouth gasping at the space above her, trying to find the air as she tumbled and turned through the void. the voice of the Grumark, which was all around her. We made an agreement. Something given to you. Something given to me. I chose you because of your honor. That you will keep your word. Do what you promised for me. You belong to me now, Celeste. You belong to me, and your memories. squeezing her eyes more fully shut in the face of that terrible voice. She said a mantra in her head, and yet the voice could not be ignored or denied. You will do what I ask, said the remark. There isn't any other way.
The Iron Realm, copyright A.V. Lenzo, is the world's first play-by-podcast RPG campaign. The voice of Celeste in tonight's dramatization was drawn from audio originally created by and offered by Ashley Eddy through freesound.org under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Further information can be found at theironrealm.com or at theironrealm.blogspot.com under this episode's show notes. My sincere thanks as well to you, Ashley, for your masterful contribution to the Iron Realm cause. Legends segment features unique monstrosities developed just for the Iron Realm. For more details and to learn how to develop your own RPG creatures, pick up the Iron Realm Solitaire Creature Creation and Maze Master's Guide. Now, the profile for tonight's creature legend The Bremen. The Bremen is a sinister being, possessed of multiple bloodlines, such as fey, humanoid, demon, and devil. Dice, three, number encountered, two to eight. Armor value, seven. Speed, 120. Bravery, nine. Attacks, horns, or weapon. Damage, one to four. Or by weapon. Level points 85. Treasure individual by Maze Master. Treasure in lair by Maze Master. Chance for mundane items. Yes, by Maze Master. Description Brayman are diabolical but deviously clever creatures who possess the bloodlines of various enchanted and arcane creatures. Raymond appears sometimes more fey, or sometimes more human, depending upon their ancestry, but always their demonic bloodline is betrayed by a pair of horns every Bremen has upon its head. Bremen are always male. Environment. Bremen long to exist in woodland or natural settings, but often, of course, this is quite impossible. Bremen can be found in nearly any environment that humanoids are known to have conquered, though some of these the Bremen consider to be pure torture, ironically, including the realms that devils and demons might consider to their liking. Known behaviors. If challenged by characters to negotiate, Bremen may be drawn into what they consider to be a compelling game. Bremen speak Manish, Fey, Devil, and Demon. In negotiation, Bremen find the following to be worthy of their attention. Valuable treasure, magic items and relics, intriguing information, or 
erotic favors from females. Brahmin delight in treating their adversaries during a negotiation or otherwise pressuring them into offering more than they at first intended. Brahmin will work together in order to accomplish this and consider such victories far better than those earned in combat. Should the character tribe negotiate a truce with a Brahmin tribe, they will be required at the end of the negotiation to offer up double the usual offerings. For example, if the Brahmin were offered a ruby with a 500 gold coin value, then the character tribe would have to give them a second one at the conclusion of the negotiation or else another gem of similar value. An inability to pay allows the Brahmin to ask for and receive some other offering of the Brahmin's own choosing. Special Traits Features Brahmin possess dark sight and are immune to any non-magical weapon or attack. Brahmin also have the ability to teleport once per day and may take one person with him if he first scores a hit on that person. A Brahmin may only visit locations by teleportation that he has visited before, usually on the same maze level. Gear or weapons allowed. Any. Brahmin can wear any armor and use weapons, relics, and magic items of all kinds. Known combat tactics. Brahmin will use weapons when they have these available or will attack opponents with their horns. Brahmin will sometimes use teleportation in order to attack a character tribe from behind, especially if there are characters there who are more vulnerable. Known escape tactics. Brahmin will run, splitting their group amongst different routes to confuse their pursuers. If still available, Brahmin will alternatively use their teleportation ability in order to escape. Description of a typical lair. Brahmin are nomads and tend not to stay in one place for particularly long. However, any lair that they do set up may be of a makeshift or temporary nature, and more often than not, Brahmin will favor a location that is either concealed or else hidden altogether, not easily found by their adversaries. yet 
from the Iron Realm. I've got several Void Echoes locked away into the Onyx Vault, and I'll be steadily releasing more from here on in, month by month, for my loyal patrons. March beside me, travelers, and do accept that which I have offered. Void Echoes at patreon.com slash the Iron Realm and take your own Iron Realm experience to the next level. Void Echoes Tribal Matters. On tonight's Tribal Matters, we reveal the experience of Celeste after having been swallowed whole by the Gumark of the West Wall. The day, the time, the location are not known, for Celeste has lost all sense of them. At this time, she possesses a full 30 life points, this being her maximum. And she is also possessed of the following spells. Hands of Healing, times 2. She is suffering a minus 1 penalty from lack of food, and a minus 1 penalty for lack of water, too. From her ordeal, descending down the tube, Celeste must take... 6d6 of damage before she reaches the bottom, and the rules and the damage are as follows. 3 life points, 6 life points, 5 life points, 2 life points, 5 life points, and 3 life points. That's 24 life points in all, and Celeste has been reduced now to a mere 6. If she is your shared king counterpart, do strike these life points from your record and her cape, which has been abandoned as well. Celeste gains 50 level points for this ordeal. Celeste sustains a vicious mark upon her shoulder blade, bruises on her body, and cuts upon her back that appear as several long lines. She considers calling upon Sylvanas to heal her, but she does not know what is coming next in the dark, so she abstains for now. At last, in the depth of the cavity, Celeste blacks out as the blood continues to rush to her head, and she is in the black for a certain time. She knows not how long before awakening. Attention, this is Abel Enzo, your Maze Master, coming to you, Traveler, at a dire hour for the realm. It has come to my attention that five-star reviews for the Iron Realm are at an all-time low, and without your help, the podcast is doomed to linger into obscurity. I raise my sword now, travelers, and I issue a call to action for all who are loyal to the Iron Realm cause 
I command you to post a five-star review on DriveThruRPG.com. That's through with a U. And do so for each and every Iron Realm offering that you can. You'll need an account on DriveThruRPG in order to post a review. And further, you can only post a review for any item that you have already obtained. But do not allow the details to dissuade you, warriors. For even if you have not yet purchased an Iron Realm offering, be reminded that there are many free Iron Realm offerings on DriveThruRPG as well. And any of these are eligible to receive your five-star reviews as well. Iron Forge. The Silver Sword, also known as the Handmaiden of Aphrodite, has come into the care of the Unime warrior, Nora. Class, Magic Sword. World of Origin, Earth. Former wielder, Carice. Composition, Silver. Length, 40 inches. Weight, 4 pounds, 6 ounces. Base damage, 1 to 8. Combat bonus, plus 1, plus 1. Known powers, hands of healing, one time per day. Description The Handmaiden of Aphrodite is an exquisitely wrought sword, shining of silver along the blade, pommel, and grip. The form of a nude woman is forged masterfully upon the weapon, with her lower body shown upon the hilt, her outstretched arms, which are bent at the elbows, reaching in both directions across the guard, and her upper body shown upon the lowermost portion of the blade. Etched along the length of the sword are symbols known to belong to Aphrodite, doves, roses, and sparrows. History The husband of Aphrodite was Hephaestus, and he created the handmaiden of Aphrodite at Aphrodite's request, made flawlessly by his hand and possessed of life magic as well. The sword was a gift for Charisse, who was one of Aphrodite's attendants and the blacksmith's second wife. The silver sword was presented by Aphrodite to her handmaiden during the sacred summer festival in order to show support for the inclusion of Charisse into their union. This gift was received well, being crafted by Hephaestus and given by Aphrodite, and this sign of good faith symbolically indicated and encouraged a continuing peace and partnership not just within their marriage, but also between the home of Aphrodite and that also of Zeus, Hera, and Eurynome, who were the parents of Charis and also Hephaestus. 
in time, the sisters of Caris would be welcomed into their marriage as well, and also the god of war, Ares. The handmaiden of Aphrodite was displayed prominently above their marriage bed and was taken by her also at times during which she journeyed far from home. The sword was later passed into the care of Aphrodite's priestesses at her temple in Aphrodisias, where it would be used for anointing the altars and also for purification purposes during ritual bathing rites. The temple itself was not to last forever in that world, though the final resting place of the silver sword was lost to time. Some believe it was buried at that site amongst the ruins, whilst others believe the sword was taken back by Caris to be used for protection once again, this time in the last battle called the God War. Properties the handmaiden of Aphrodite is a plus one plus one sword due to the protective love which has been set deep within it. The handmaiden is also capable of delivering a hands of healing effect by touch when it is held by any good person. This effect can be delivered either by touching the sword to the recipient or else by the wielder's own hand whilst the sword is held in the other. The life points that can be recovered in this way are 2 to 7, and the power refreshes always upon the new day. Searching for your next treasure? I tell you now that no gaming collection can ever be complete without including the very best that the Iron Realm has to offer. Available on DriveThroughRPG.com as ebooks or in premium hard copy, the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide has all the gaming aids and rules that you need to play through with dice, by roleplay, or as a part of the Iron Realm global fandom. And if you yearn to explore the Iron Realm setting, then get your hands on the Iron Realm campaign essentials and character guide, replete with character profiles and detailed stats for every character on the show, while also offering in-depth descriptions of the realm, the other world, the void, enemy tribes, and much, much more. Where the podcast leaves off, the Iron Realm campaign essentials and character guide begins. Want just a taste? The Iron Realm, enter the Mega Dungeon, is yours for free in ebook form at drivethroughrpg.com. All the gaming aids you need to start playing, along with some selected dark fantasy fiction straight from the show. DriveThroughRPG, that's through with a U.com. Take your gaming collection to the next level. <laughs> Please 
please note, some Iron Realm offerings are tagged for adult content and so can only be found by logging in to DriveThruRPG with your setting for adult content enabled. Search on DriveThruRPG for the Iron Realm to obtain all of these offerings as ebooks or premium hard copies for your own collection. With these artifacts of power at your command, nothing can stop you now. she is in is dark, and it is perfectly round, like a sphere, which she can tell by feeling the walls with her hands. Her bare feet feel that the stone below her is perfectly smooth too, and her feet slip upon it, for it is wet. Indeed, she is submerged halfway in a cool liquid, which laps against the top of her thighs. Her body and her hair are fully soaking too, and she is shivering. Her lungs are under duress, and she is coughing out the liquid, so Celeste believes that she must have taken water inside her before at last awakening and rising above the waterline. Ultimately, she finds herself in the presence of a disembodied voice, and she recognizes at once to be the Grumark. She tells her that she belongs to him now, drawing upon all he knows and his omniscience. He attempts to take her mind and cause her to serve him willingly. The Grumark contains her in this chamber for a long, long while, 33 years out of time, seeding his words and his reality into her, into her spirit, into her mind, into her soul. Celeste fights with everything she has against this evil trick. He attacks her worldview from five perspectives. He uses these against her, going to the root of her being. He attacks her religion, her friends, her family, her soulmate, and her path. Each of these is a rule against her wisdom. She can fail one or two of these pillars, and yet still keep hold of her sanity and reality, but should Celeste fail three, the Grumark will be triumphant and he will take her. Each roll passed will grant a bonus of two on her next roll. Celeste is fighting for her very mind and heart, but because she is not threatened by death, if Celeste is your shared fate counterpart, then you are not permitted to make any rolls versus fate during this challenge. But as for Celeste, the outcome is to be determined now. The Grumark begins by manipulating her perception of religion, her wisdom, 
safety is a nine. Rolling it on the d20. She passes with a four. Next, in the most subtle ways possible, the Grumark implicitly threatens the safety of her friends. Rolling the die, she gets a bonus of two. A twelve. Even with her bonus of two, her roll drops to a ten. And that does not beat her wisdom of nine. Celeste has failed the first pillar. The Grumark redoubles his efforts, trying to twist the experiences of her life by leveraging her loyalty for her family against her. And here comes the roll. A 19. And this is her second failure. The Grumark goes deeper, trying to drive a wedge in any way he can between her and her soulmate. Here comes the roll. A four. And this drops to a two. Celeste resists his attempt. There is only one roll remaining, and this will determine whether the Grumark succeeds in enslaving Celeste. The Grumark attempts to rewrite the truth of Celeste's pen. Here's a roll against Celeste's wisdom. She has a bonus of four now. Here comes the roll. A fifteen is reduced to an eleven with Celeste's bonus, and she has failed as the Grumark subtly rewrites her truth in the ways that serve him. Slowly, Celeste shakes her head from side to side. She once resisted the Grumark, but his words are now her words. They are now a part of her. It is as if all of this has happened in mere moments, yet it has lasted a lifetime. The water laps around her as she studies herself against the wall by her hands. She is nauseous. Deep within her, something is wrong. She feels sick, but she can't remember why. She whispers something, going black once more and sinking into the water, becoming submerged fully within it as it fills her lungs now. What is to become of Celeste? Enslaved now within the Grumark's domain? Tune in next time to the Iron Realm. Discover the rest of the story and perhaps the fate of Character 8 as well. <laughs>